Hey friends, welcome to Multifamily Mondays with me, Pam. I was able to find financial freedom, become job optional, become financially independent, retired early, whatever the hell you wanna call it. I found my new path. So I was able to quit my full-time job in two years from engineering. I've been doing it for over 10 years now. And I'm here to tell you in 10 minutes or less, or maybe sometimes more, depending on how my brain is flowing, how I did it, help answer questions. It's my way of giving back to the community now. So stay tuned. Hey guys, so today I wanna talk about uh, my first business plan I ever wrote. I have it right in front of me here. That's why I'm looking at it. And you can probably hear paper rustling in the background. This was my first business plan ever created that was outside of school. In college, you know, you had your practice of senior projects and, and stuff like that. But this was my own business plan that I started creating during my free time with limited free time that I had while I was still a full-time engineer, um, just so that it can serve as a guideline. Now, there's two, two ways of thought about this. Some people who want to become an entrepreneur say, forget it. I don't need a business plan. I already am strategic enough and I know where to go. And the other route is creating a business plan. My recommendation, if you are jumping into this first time and you don't have a background in real estate at all, it might behoove you to start off with a business plan because it serves as your, your guiding document and your guiding force on um, how to go about your business. And then as you go into it, you might be like, oh, I thought it was going to go this way, but it's not working out. So let me change it. So the first page usually is, you know, your logo, your name, and has the title of your business um, with a date and a sidebar here on the logo. Some people have wonderful artistic talents. I don't. So I actually hired a friend of a friend to design my first logo. He actually helped design my first website until I got really good uh, with kind of mimicking the artistry. Um, so I'm good with the coding, the background, um, all the other tech nerdy stuff to create a website. But as far as creativity goes and designing things, my brain's not really there. Um, and that's something that my dad probably wished that he imparted to me on because he's actually an artist. But yeah, have no skills there. Um, so if you don't have skills like me, you know, just hire someone and, but you need to have a vision to guide them as well. So I remember telling um, my friend's friend that I just wanted something simple because that's my style. Uh, no more than three colors, no more than three shades and um, go from there. And, you know, there was a quite a bit of back and forth. And at that time, it probably, since he was a friend of a friend, he only charged me for like less than $500 to do the logo design, to also get my webpage up and running and to teach me how to connect everything together because back in the days there was no wix.com or wordpress it was a little harder i i believe but nowadays it's it's fairly easy to really operate a domain um, and if you have any questions on that you can always email my team at info at let's go create wealth.com and we can try to guide you with that anyways so back to this so after the first page uh you want to have an executive summary what that really means is that it's like an abstract of your whole document, right? So you want to be able to provide what the hell it is you're selling yourself for. Is it a product um, or is it a service? You know, something you want to think about um, in your business and then what type of customers? So that's what your business plan executive summary should outline your product or service, uh, who your customers are. And then the last part that I highly recommend is um, putting in there what really drives you. Why are you doing this? Um, what's going to set yourself apart, if you will. Um, 
And so it's it's more of a compelling paragraph so that if you ever submit this to a lender, for example, for your first property, they look at that first page and they know, okay, this person's a real deal. This is why they're in it. And it makes sense. And it aligns with our you know, lending business goals. This is why we'll lend to that person. So that's something to keep in mind. <clears throat> so in the next page, I wrote my company description and you need to spend some time on writing your mission statement. Um, I spent a lot of time writing my mission statement and it took me months actually um, because I would write one, cross it out the next day, didn't like it. And, and so my biggest tip for you here is to write a mission statement that is so succinct that can be said in one sentence under a breath, right? So you don't want a sentence that is like a run-on sentence where you're running out of breath, just describing it to someone else. So practice that out loud in writing and looking at it multiple times, because that's going to be kind of like your North Star, if you will, um, when you are lost in your business or if you have hard decisions to make, that's your North Star. You go back to your mission statement to remind yourself why the hell you're doing this. And that is your mission statement to guide you to make the right decision. Um, and uh, <laughs> don't just put, hey, I want to make money. Okay. So, um, and then uh, part of your company description, you should describe your principal members. What that means is just uh, who's part of your, your business. I decided to form an LLC and you guys should always consult with your uh, legal counsel or your attorney, whether that's the right path for you. I chose that path as a sole owner. So I created an LLC for myself um, initially. So as far as principal members are concerned, it was just me. And then um, you have to describe the legal structure meaning what city, what county it was formed in. That's only if you decide to uh, do an LLC um, or an S corp or a C corp, uh, whatever you wanna do. Um, there's no right or wrong way on that. And then the next part of the business plan is called the market research. And this is where you have to spend a lot of time researching your industry where you're at. So my first section was spent on, um, on researching the different multifamily businesses um, what they do, how they do it, how big their teams are. And I expanded the radius to an 80 mile radius where I was at that time I was living in San Diego. So honestly, 80 mile radius, that's just a number. You could expand it to 10 miles if you so please to, or 50 miles, doesn't matter. I did an 80 mile radius research. Maybe that was overkill, who knows? Um, but that's what I did. And I talked a bit about you know, the industry, the competitors or the would-be competitors, the big, small, medium size. I went, I did, I always follow by the power of three. You guys have listened to um, a lot of my podcasts. I always refer back to that. So I did, uh, you know, small industry research, medium size and large size as well. Um, and then for customers, you need to describe who your audience or your customers are. Um, if you're a larger company, obviously your customer is not going to be the same as a smaller company. So something to think about. And you obviously need to describe your competitors like real competitors. So don't make them up because um, when you submit a business plan, the people on the other side, whoever you submit it to, usually to do a reference check and they'll, they'll do a spot check on that. Um, and then here's the coolest part on, on this section is you need to describe why you have competitive advantage. So this requires some thinking and researching further on your part of why are you starting this business? Why does your business... Um, Garner, should garner much interest. Why does it matter? Um, and no, it doesn't have to be some novel idea either, but you just have to put your passion on this business plan. 
And if you listen to my last episode, um, I talked at length about having aptitude and also having passion in something. And I still firmly believe those are the two ingredients to success in anything that you do in life. So your goal is to translate your passion and your aptitude into this business plan. And if someone who reads it can't feel your passion, it's going to be hard to stand out amongst other people submitting the same similar types of business plans. All right. So the next part. Uh, section four is about your product or service line. This is where you go into the details of what your product or your services include. Perhaps you want to open up a property management company. So that would be, uh, you know, a conglomerate of uh, services that you are providing. And then you need to provide like a pricing structure. So you need to think about all those things. And then um, if you have any novelty ideas where there's uh, trademarks or patent um, patents on them, then you want to describe your intellectual property rights on them as well. And then you just want to show that, um, write a small paragraph on your research and development on all these services and products that you've offered, what you've done about it. For example, you can't just be like, hey, I woke up this morning, I thought about this, and I'm just going to throw it on the business plan. You need to show it on paper why you believe this is a viable product or service for your audience or customers. The next section is about marketing and sales. So I don't know if you guys have heard the saying, but you know, you can create the best product or the best service in the world, but if no one knows about it, how are they going to know to find you? It's the same idea for restaurants, for example. I've you know, seen a lot of restaurants with wonderful, delicious tasting food, but they don't want to spend a dime on marketing because they don't see it as necessary. Well, are they relying on just those few customers to help spread the word? Which is great. It's going to take a while, but what if no one ever finds them? So just something to think about. This is this is an arm that I speak at length about when um, I do public speaking events for, for example, the last group I spoke to were a group of uh, women brokers who are starting off their own businesses. And I told them that, hey, you know, you need to set aside some money towards marketing um, to grow your sales. It's kind of like a a work in parallel. And this is a lesson learned for me as well, because to be honest, when I first started my business, I thought to hell with it. I don't, I don't need that. Um, that's just all fluffy stuff in, in my opinion. And sorry if I offend anyone, but yes, that was me being ignorant, <clears throat> fully admitting that there. And so I want to save you guys that time. That's, that's a common pitfall. Um, so really spend your time uh, thinking about your marketing strategy as well. You don't need to put in thousands of dollars into your marketing or ads or whatnot, but just really think about it. Aside from word of mouth or aside from, you know, a happy client or a testimonial or um, free, uh, what is it? Free testimonials on your website, for example. What else can help you with growing your business? Who else is going to find you out when you're starting off when you don't have a track record yet? Um, And, you know, you're, you're just one of the small fish in the sea. Uh, So that's something to think about. And then perhaps maybe you do newsletters as well. Maybe you use um, specific social media platforms. For me, I'm on all of them. And for you guys, maybe that might work. Maybe it might not. And to be honest, I'm not a social media person. Don't really like it a lot, but I've learned to embrace it because it's like a double-edged sword. Uh, Back then, Uh, and I'm talking about 10 years ago or more, none of my clients came from social media. Um, Nowadays, I I have clients coming from all over different platforms, which is cool in itself. Uh, But gosh, it's 
if you guys know me personally or have or meet me personally, you'll realize that I, I'm a dork and um, I don't like being on social media like that. It's just, it's too much sometimes, but it's the nature of the beast. So uh, I highly recommend you go on it. So some social media platforms are more important than others. If you're starting off this, I highly recommend you go on LinkedIn and really cultivate your LinkedIn, LinkedIn following um, because that is the professional business platform. So that's like your professional face, your front. Um, and then the other platforms are more, sometimes more casual. And so they can see the other side of you. But if I had to pick, that's your number one to spend all your effort and time on because that's where you're going to grow your network. Um, let's see. Oh, and one thing, um, if you have a website or when you make your business cards, this is all under your marketing and sales, uh, make sure you put the right number and the right website on there. I've... Uh, I've seen it happen where someone mistypes something and no one can reach you. Wouldn't that suck if that client was a big, could have been a big client for you and they just couldn't reach you and they don't know how else to get to you. So make sure to triple check um, your website address, your name, your phone number and address on your uh, marketing, um, marketing papers, meaning like whether it's your business cards or your website or your brochures. And oh, another tip here. Uh, since I'm a, a nerd with all tech stuff, which I love, um, there's this new way of networking without having to like print out business cards and give out business cards, which is like, hallelujah. I love that because you're saving trees, saving paper. And, we, and most people just get it and toss it after they get the information anyway. So nowadays um, there's multiple companies, but I just recently um, bought they're like a, a card. They look like a credit card um, from Dot. And all your information is on there. And I'm talking about anything and everything that you want to put on there. So let's just say you have multiple social media platforms. You can put that on there. Let's say you have multiple websites. You put that on there as well. And so um, what you do is you tap that card on the person's phone, literally just like at the top of their phone, kind of like, you know, your credit cards nowadays with a chip. You put that on there and all your information shows up on this website. Um, ran by dot and they um, and then however they want to connect with you they can just touch on whatever they want maybe they just want to text you maybe they want to call you or maybe they want to email you it's so cool and you get to save paper um, and I know that they're coming out with, or they probably have already with another technology where um, it's like stuck to your phone it's like a small literally like a dot um, where it's stuck to your uh, the back of your phone it's like an adhesive and so all you do is just kind of float your phone on top of another person's phone as if like your phones were going to kiss so to speak. And then your information gets transferred that way. Um, but don't worry, you're in control of your privacy. Meaning if you don't want to do that and you don't want to allow it to happen, there is an option to toggle that off. Um, but obviously if you're at a networking event or you're trying to meet people, isn't it easy to just say, here, let me wave my phone over your phone and you'll have my information and peace out. We'll talk later or something. So it saves you time and you get to go network with more people. All right. There's my rant on you know, networking and cool technology stuff um, onto the meat of your business plan. It's your financial projections. Okay. So 
when you're starting off, you're probably like, I don't know what the hell, like what profit or what expenses I need. So here are some common ones. What I recommend for your financial projections is to go out to like year three or year five, if possible. Your year one is obviously going to be your worst year because you're starting off your business, right? So you're going to have your income show first, which is like your sales of whether it's cost of goods sold, meaning your, your products, or maybe it's your services. So you need to put your imaginary hat on and think, okay, how much realistically can I bring in um, and then put that number down and your financial projections uh, should be on a yearly basis. Okay. They don't want, they don't care about daily. They don't care about monthly, put it all on a year basis. <clears throat> and then you talk about your operating expenses, and this is where you really need to lay it all out, right? So perhaps you have a salary uh, for some of your uh, part-timers or full-timers, payroll maybe, outside services, things that you will outsource, um, supplies, advertising. You know, we, I talked at length about marketing. That's where that would fall under. Maybe your business might have like a dedicated vehicle, a car. So you need to put that in for travel accounting and legal. Um, maybe you're renting a, a place to do your business. So you need to put the rent there, your cell phone, uh, utility bills, um, insurance, um, because you need to have insurance for your business as with everything in life, right? Um, taxes that might be involved with it. Maybe it's just, uh, I don't know, personal income taxes that might come into play in the first year. Um, if you guys own your own business, and this is me wearing my tax hat because I'm an enrolled agent, um, you most likely have a Schedule C and you pay taxes. They're called self-employment taxes. That's what you would put on that line item um, under taxes. And then maybe if you own property or something, you can uh, factor in depreciation as well. Uh, or maybe you're paying interest on some credit card bills just to get your business going. You can write that in as well as part of your operating expenses. Once you have all that outlined, then you determine your net profit before your taxes. So you take your income minus all those expenses we talked about. And then if there's like an owner draw allocated, meaning like you get paid a certain amount per month or whatnot, then subtract that out. And then you get, you know, an adjusted net profit after tax. We'll flip the page because I went on deeper. Let's see, what did I, oh, I did a cash flow analysis as well. So you can do that as well. Um, I won't spend too much time going over that, but cash flow analysis is probably like a, a more detailed um, method after doing a profit and loss statement. And then you wanna have a balance sheet. So those are your top three things um, uh, to really spend time on and project it out to year five. And then you wanna highlight any uh, long-term debt you might have that would be in your liabilities section. Um, a lot of people forget to put that in. And then lastly, <clears throat> you want to calculate a break-even analysis. So you want to do the math for the lenders for you or, or future businesses that you want to partner with. You want to put it in and do an analysis of at what point will you break even? Because we know that when starting a business, the first year is going to suck. You're not going to you're not going to get any money, right? Or if, or if anything, if you break even, that's even better. But usually you don't break even on the first year. So you can put that there of, hey, you did an analysis, your break-even analysis on how long it's going to take you to reach that point because they want to see that this business is not going to go to shit <laughs> um, for the first year and forever because then why would anyone want to invest with you, right? <laughs> um, and then you can put down your financial assumptions when you did your uh, profit and loss projections, your cash flow analysis, and your balance sheet if there are any specific assumptions you made. 
Like for example, what I put in and I wrote out is that I started my business in August. So I said, hey, year one's gonna look really, really horrible, but guess what? It started in August. Um, so year two will look better. So those are the assumptions that year one was not a full year projection because it was not realistic for me at that time. Um, let's see. I think that was it. Yeah. And then uh, I summed it up with, with a conclusion of basically just why my business is badass. So you need to believe in, in it as well. Um, to be quite honest, I didn't know what the hell I was doing the first time around. So I actually worked with a small business center. And that's uh, something that most people don't know about. So whatever city you're in, um, there's a federal agency or the Small Business Administration, the SBA, they work with local cities to provide free counseling. So take advantage of that. So when I was in San Diego, I remember Googling like business plan help or whatever. And somehow that came up and I scheduled a time to meet with them. And these counselors work for free. So if you're going to see a counselor that's charging you, you're getting scammed. Um, and it's probably not uh, federally funded. Um, but their job is to help you create a business plan or help you think outside the box as you're starting to become an entrepreneur or to think about um, forming a business. So for example, I have a good friend who um, who wants to start a business in, you know, in the restaurant um, sector. So they're working through that as well. And so, yeah, it could be any business. It doesn't have to be in real estate. It could be anything that you want to create and um, they'll, they'll be your other set of eyes and ears. So hopefully in this episode, Hopefully you learned quite a bit. I gave you guys probably an earful of technical stuff to write a business plan or things to think about. But if you have any questions or follow-up comments, um, let me know. Uh, as always, I appreciate all your positive feedback and your testimonials. So if you can do me a favor and, and go to Apple Podcasts and give me a good rating, um, I would really appreciate that. And my team would as well, because they work so hard to help uh, to help me you know, do this. And then you know, if you guys have any other follow-up questions, I'm all ears. Um, as I said, this year is about trying to give back um, in a way that I can, and I don't know how yet. I'm. It's like I'm going through my own transformation here of, uh, of just trying to serve um, people who want to connect with me. And something to keep in mind, guys, that, um, you know, you can't get all the information for free. You can, it, it will take forever, but in all honesty, at some point you have to pay for consultation too. So for example, you don't go to a doctor and ask for free diagnosis. You don't go to an attorney to ask for, hey, give me a freebie um, on some legal advice. So same thing, you guys. So if you're uh, entertaining, working with a real estate expert or a company or whatnot, do keep that in mind as well, because they are spending their hard-earned time with you. They've, they've been doing it for a while. They're successful in their own way. And they deserve to uh, be compensated for their time. So at a bare minimum, at least treat them out to something, right? So hopefully you guys enjoyed this and I look forward to more questions. So keep them coming guys, it's, it's been fun. Um, and just ask away, there is no such thing as a stupid question because chances are, if you're feeling silly for asking that, I probably have gone through it myself when I first started. So if I can help debunk anything or help share my two cents, um, let me know. All right, till then again. Thank you for listening to Multifamily Mondays. I hope you found today's tip or 
stories or anecdotes really helpful and gets you one step closer to your real estate investing journey. I would love to hear your key takeaways from today's episode. Do me a favor, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. And in that review, leave your key takeaway from today's episode or suggest any other topics you would love to hear about that deals with multifamily investing or taxes. This is Pam Scamardo signing off. Let's go create wealth and make it a wonderful day.